Welcome to season four of Handpicked. This is about people grilling me to get my business experience, to help them grow their And what's businesses. great is we get to learn, discover and meet incredible business owners who are really up to some very interesting things. Anyway, enjoy. Maybe you've got some questions for the next season. Many business owners find themselves in the centre of the business, that clients only want to deal with them. In fact, their personal reputation is linked to how they build their business brand. This is a great story about how Maria is going to get beyond her own reputation. So maybe for our listeners, let's put you and your business into context. Okay, so... Our business, we solve problems, we create beautiful spaces, and we improve the lives of people. If you had to categorise that, it would be architecture and interior design. Oh, it sounds very inviting. And you've been in business for a while? Uh, Yes, I have. So uh, I was in business as a sole trader for about um, seven years, and then... About uh, two and a half years ago, I've expanded my business, have a business partner and done some staff. Fantastic. So growth is on the agenda. So what? Yes. That's, uh, that's always great. So Maria, what questions do you have for me? So I think the first question that I have is what's, what would be a good strategy to bring brand awareness for a service-based business? So Maria, maybe if we ask where do customers currently come from? So the The bulk of our customers are referral or repeat clients, uh, and we have a few that also come from uh, our website as well. And so when you think about what a successful client looks like, because I know in your industry it's not always, where where do your best customers come from? Are they from referrals? Uh, Predominantly, yes. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Yep. Because it's the the word of mouth and that some can can validate the work and the person that you are. Mm. Yeah. So what's interesting is now you're looking for how do I grow on this base? And um, clearly it's your reputation that is building your brand. It's how people are talking about you that is creating opportunity for your business. So if I think mm-hmm. about, well, it, when it's all about reputation and, you know, it's, it's people see your work, um, they go into those spaces And then they say, I wonder who did this. I want something like it. Um, And so therefore I'm thinking, well, how do you show off or get people to experience these spaces? I really love the way you spoke about your business early on, like the the human impact of, Mm -hmm. of what happens when people come into your spaces. So how would it be that more people who are in your ideal audience could experience your spaces? And that's one thing I'd look at because what you do is so tactile, like literally it's very physical. Trying to create reputation and authority in an online space can be really difficult because it's so, it is so personal. Um, And so obviously a website is very, very important in how people find you through search engine optimization. But I definitely uh, think about how could you bring case studies to life? How could you have open houses? How could you bring people into these spaces? Um, how could you get your existing customers to come to a space and then ask them to bring a potential friend? You know, especially creating community about around what you do could be very mm. powerful. 
So also consider others in the, in the space of who could refer you, having a distribution partner, as it were, whether that be builders or builders who specialise in renovations and having a series um, of those. I, I paint, which is people who listen to the podcast know this because it's it's my passion and I have a little website, but you, you can't feel them. Like you can't feel no. the intensity and the texture and the depth of it. And so one of the things that I did in terms of my paintings was I introduced it to interior designers because I know that when they're looking for a certain thing, they kind of need to go, know where to go. Um, and I also obviously wasn't going to keep doing exhibitions and things like that because it was just so much work. Uh, but I do <laughs> yeah. I do wonder how you can bring people into your world and then uh, – but to be quite um, committed about it and, and focused in, in those invitations. And then who else in your space, um, such as the builders, uh, and I'm, I'm, I, I, that's who I can think of at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. So what else have you got for me? Yeah. So the other question then is um, how do you show value in something intangible like design? Because what we find is that um, it's, uh, people think, oh, it's, it's easy. They're, they don't realise you, you pay for good design, but the outcome is phenomenal and you simply couldn't do that yourself unless you're a trained professional that have dedicated their life to it. And to speak it is one thing. And sure, there are, uh, there are the built form as well, which is the other, but sometimes it's the initial how do you convey that, which we, we struggle with sometimes. Yeah. And conveying that message. And even sometimes I'm sure you win clients and then they try and do your job for you because they say, what about this and what about this and what about this? Um, yeah. and, the, and creating that level of trust. Um, mm. And I do know great design is all about what you don't see. It's all about the simplicity of the lines and mm. um, and getting rid of all of the the clutter. Um, so, you know, I, I really wonder what is the language that you can use to convey trust because it is about this value exchange of trust. And um, I remember somebody who, in a very different space to you, and he was talking about his clients, and he goes, you know, they, they, I, I do more of this than anybody else in the country why is it my clients still think that they know best, you know? And it was, <laughs> and it was unbelievably frustrating for him. And yeah. so he came up with a story of, because he's a professional, as are you, you know, qualified years of, years of uh, contribution to an industry. And he said, do you tell your dentist what to do? And they were like, oh, that's a bit rude. And he goes, no, I'm just doing the best work for you. And I can only do the best work if you allow me to, because I want to be truly proud of this contribution. So it was a bit cheeky, and I'm sure you would have much more elegant language. But, you know, I don't walk into my doctors there and go, oh, I've looked up on Google, this is this, or I don't tell my dentist, what are you saying? And so, you know, it is about trusting professionals, and they get a better outcome because of it. You know, there is nothing worse than management by committee. That's when we end up with Frankenstein or, you know, you'll find yeah. some better better language than that. So think about the words you're using. And as I said, I did really like the words that started our podcast today, but really get um, it's this authority and this power and that will come from standing on the shoulders of clients who just truly appreciate how you took the time 
to understand them, which mm-hmm. save them time, energy, and ultimately money because they're just getting a beautiful outcome. Mm, great. Thank you. So my next question then is any suggestions on how to best approach cold calling? So I know that it's one of those things that actually does work. It's a numbers game, um, but sometimes it's just you just need that killer line uh, just to get across the line to talk to someone. Mm. So cold calling depends obviously on who you're talking to, and I'm sure there's some level of qualified lists that you're going from. Yes. But I I would think about what is the step before a cold call so that you can warm it up. And whether that be postcards because they're physical, you know, to get them in front of people, whether it's some, um, you know, you invite them to get a design pack of some, which is almost like an introductory offer and they can apply for it on your website and then you're building your own base. But I would always suggest that there is something uh, prior to just picking up the phone. And the reason why I do that is because people are so overwhelmed with phone numbers they don't recognize, you know, the scammers and the frauds and everything. And even though you've got a really valuable proposition, getting the cut through and finding the right person could be a it could be unproductive. You've got to think about what is your secret source? What is your valuable energy? How are you going to create the greatest leverage from what you do? So I would argue you want to you want to put something in front of people, maybe invite them to come online so that you're getting some level of engagement with people. I, I was just thinking about that notion of, you know, we're all getting all these random phone calls from people all the time. So to the point where people won't answer their phone if they don't know who it is. So I answered the phone once and this person said they were from the ATO. And I go, I called it. I said, oh yeah, whatever. Of course you're not, blah, 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 blah. And I said, you wouldn't call me if you were from the tax office because you, you'd be calling my tax agent, my accountant. Anyway, about five minutes later, my accountant called and goes, did you just got a call from the ATO? I go, Yes. He goes, it was the ATO. And I go, well, they've got a brand problem. They've got a really big brand problem when nobody even (laughs) believes them anymore. Anyway, guess what? I got a tax audit. Thanks very much for coming. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Let's go through everything, love. So uh, anyway, so now I'm as nice as Pyro, just don't answer the phone, which is my point. So making sure that that program is highly efficient, I think you can, and have some fun with it. Put your personality in it, let them know how gorgeous and fabulous you are and that you're really committed to them feeling great in their spaces. (laughs) The other question is more about in the business. So how do you keep um, staff to chase more than just a paycheck and sharing your vision? So we've sort of tried this, but it's just, I I like to glean from others in terms of, you know, I think it's like people management. How do you impart that? It's just, it's not about the money. There's more to it than that. We want you to be satisfied. We want you to share our vision for the the business and what it is that we do and our values. Yeah. How you bring people into the organization is really important and people need to belong. They need to feel that they're part of something bigger than themselves and they're working and toiling for something that has real value to humanity. So really, when we think about our team, in some ways, the words we're using with our team are as important as the words we're using externally. Just for instance, I noticed you used the word staff and you would have heard I said team. Mm. It's a very subtle difference, but staff implies um, servant. um, Mm. And so I just kind of think, no, no, we're all in this together. And if one piece of the jigsaw doesn't show up, then we all can't deliver. 
So it's, it is one for all and all for one and how you create that. So what makes it important for people to show up and do their best work? One is because they're getting something out of it more than a paycheck. I learned something today. I grew. I, um, I know what I'm there to do and I know what success looks like. My success is celebrated. Our success is celebrated. Mm. I feel that I'm heard, that I'm seen, I can be myself. And, um, and those sorts of statements really help people to be, to be a part of something. And it, it's because too many people are actually just showing up to work and because they feel that nobody actually cares. So having those conversations and knowing who they are. There's a fine balance because you are not their friend. Be really clear about that. And I got that so wrong in the early days. You know, I'd be going out to lunch with them or buying drinks and it was one for all and all for one and seven, seven, you know, until some at some point somebody wasn't doing their job and I had to say not good enough. And yeah. then it's really hard. So you are their boss, you're their mentor, but understand their, their career aspirations and also say, if we can't find it here, I'll help you find it. And, and that true belief in humanity um, but please, you know, make sure that our people are celebrated as well. Think about, I wonder how they talk about their day at work when they get home. Like, how do they talk about it? Is it, oh, yeah, well, we're working on this project or, gosh, I couldn't believe it that I managed to solve this product problem. I've just got a book for you and I recommend you have a look at Liz Wiseman's The Multipliers. I love an audio book too. Um, I find them really efficient if you're in the car, you're going around. Because honestly, I know as a business owner, it's really hard to sit down and, and read a book sometime. But it's, it's the art of asking really powerful questions. And as a leader, when we ask really great questions, who knows what we're going to learn and discover. People love being listened to. <laughs> We've learned that, yes, definitely. So then as an add-on question to that, uh, can you suggest some uh, team-building activities? We've sort of tried a couple in the past, but it's just always good again to know ones that might be more successful uh, than others. Have you ever heard of redballoon.com.au? Uh, yes. Oh, it's just pulling your leg. I have actually. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> um, no, I think that really it is about who is in your team and, and what works for them. I remember back in the day I worked at a company called Apple and we had a team building day and we had to um, do abseiling and climb off a cliff. Mate, I was so embarrassed and humiliated because all I did was be uncomfortable. So I think you need to find the common metrics inside um, and sometimes yeah. it doesn't have to be a big deal. Um, you know, it might be painting. Oh, I love a painting session. Uh, and but please don't make alcohol always a part of it, um, because culturally, many people don't drink, and Australia has this real society thinking, oh, let's all go for a drink. It it may or may not work. And understanding, a people have lives outside of work, they have family responsibilities, and also culturally, not to have it around alcohol. Um, you want people to, and, and you might think. Oh, okay, I want to explore people's creativity. I want to, or you know, so so think about what is going to work for your team, and and then try things, try a few things. Uh, you know, for instance, it might be axe throwing. 
that's particularly popular. <laughs> We've had a really hard client. It's really bad. Let's go and throw a few axes. <laughs> That'll clear everybody out. <laughs> it's one of our growing experiences, let me tell you. Lots of people are doing it. Oh, great. Thank you. <laughs> I think then if I could just um, one final question would be, when it comes to promoting a business online, because that's obviously, you know, quite a big thing, given that that's like the, the current forum with the ever-changing world that we're in, do you have any suggestions as to how often and sort of what you would promote um, online, like the frequency of it? and Yeah, I think it's a really interesting question and you have to um, consider, sit in the customer's shoes and say, what role do I play in their lives and how often are they likely to interact with me? So you might be working with people who are developers or something and they've got a lot of throughput and as such you are very important in their lives. Or it might be a one-off, which is you're very important right now, but I'm unlikely to ever do business with you again. So when you mm. think about the frequency of refreshing your content or so forth, I really think it's make sure it's relevant and it's interesting. Don't do it for the sake of doing it. We are overwhelmed with content. There is so much content available. So so ha have it as a really valuable thing. Um, and the second thing is to, to let people know that it's there. Uh, if it's of interest to them, and then which comes back to the point of, you know, rather than cold calling, build yourself a list online and be communicating with people. But remember the role that you play in their life. Um, I think it is arrogant of us to assume that just because it's so important to us that we're so important to our customers. We need to know the role we play. Thank you, Naomi. That was wonderful. Maria, I've loved our conversation. Thank you so much for coming on Handpicked. And I think your questions will be valuable for all of our listeners. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Thanks for listening. Surely there's someone you know who could learn from this too. Please share. Remember to subscribe and we look forward to having you in the next episode of Handpicked.